This is the Precipto Man podcast, presented by Adventures of Precipto Man. There we go. Here Yo. we are. Boom. How you doing? All Woo. good. This, this is your boy Coops. Ah, uh, Stutter Coops. And it's yeah. Bernard James here. Special um, guest in the house today is our man Luke, holding court Luke, Luke HC. Yeah. <laughs> I should get some sound effects lined up really. I'm, I'm hey, thank you very much for that introduction. That is that I mean I I I didn't know what to expect, but that's yeah, that's really <laughs> I mean, something. <laughs> I gave like four different variations on your name, Luke. Like who else could do that? <laughs> well, it depends who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well thanks uh, for joining us. And also, just before we start, I'll give you a proper introduction in a minute. Or maybe, yeah, I'll do that. And then you can just fill in the blanks where I get it wrong. Um, but I thought we might as well start, me and you, Coops, just thanking everyone who's listening, who's bothered yeah. to take the time to listen and share and to let us know. We've had quite a few comments um, about Spiral Dynamics since um, our interview with Solo Cypher. Well, that's good because I feel like a bit of a, a, um, a legend when it comes to that kind of thing. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm like an encyclopedia of colour. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I've put, got a few questions about spiral dynamics as well that I think I need to hit up Ollie well, with. Hit me up. You. you can ask <laughs> yeah, me. All right, you all right, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, keep listening. Um, rah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, keep listening. Keep sharing. Drop us a message if you hate what we're saying, if you love what we're saying. Uh, don't. Not worth it if you're indifferent to it. Yeah, <laughs> stop listening. Go yeah. It's not, it's not how it works. It's not how it works, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got your mind all crazy, guys. Just yeah. chill out and understand. This you is just alone, all right. Anyway, this is the Precipitor Man podcast. Welcome. You're all we, welcome. We have two strains. Um, this, which is the key strain, the Precipitor Man podcast, where we get generally get guests on and we just chat about hip hop from about 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we have another series which is Slept On Classics, which uh, is where we look back at albums from that, about 15 years ago. From about 15 years ago that have been um, kind of e- not easily forgotten, but um, you know, there's a lot of content nowadays, and it's just good to to put um, quality things under the microscope every now and again. So uh, listen out for those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've we've got Luke um, joining us on the call, Luke. You run Holding Court. Um, Holding Court has been quite a few things. In my mind, it's been, you know, bring it together of artists. It's been a platform for up and coming and also arrived um, rappers, MCs, DJs. It's been a cinema at one point. Um, and I'm sure it's been other things as well. I'm missing something out. But maybe you want to give a quick like overview of what Holding Court is. I know it's a decade old plus now which is incredible. So happy 10th birthday. Yeah, man. Thank you. You've got the um, juvenile years to look forward to. Man. Yeah, this is it. This is when it could start getting a bit more uh, rebellious and yeah, really shaping. I don't know. <laughs> Disrespectful. Um, yeah, yeah, that's start right. staying out late. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been to your shows. They go on late. There you go. <laughs> Um, that, that's someone who who uh, has organised Brigitte Man shows that start at like six and finish <laughs> at half nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you know, there's a lot to be said about show like the early shows. I remember um, birthdays were doing that thing for a while, uh, really successfully, where they would just start a show like you say at like five six, get people in, 
and then there'd be like another show in like a 20 minute seemingly turnaround turnaround after and um yeah i reckon that can work as i thought i was kind of like hoping to move more into that in the future like well i mean uh, that that kind yeah. of model's been going a long time i remember <laughs> when uh we me and martin went and saw lp in brighton which would have been on the i'll sleep when you're dead tour whenever that album was and uh we didn't really think anything of it's one i mean for me i think it's one of my, the first like proper rap shows i went to and uh we got that i'm pretty sure that was early because i remember leaving and as we were leaving there was like a full queuing system for everyone who was waiting to get into the club because it mm-hmm. was just a nightclub from like 10 10 30 um so having those early gigs i, I mean that's totally my kind of vibe <laughs> now like go to the gig get it done i don't even know if there was a support act then like i think we don't just know no so yeah i'm all for that i think that's a good a good structure for a night because you don't need to be out till four in the morning you know i don't anyway i've got work yeah it's got its place hasn't it it's got its place because um obviously what what we do with the the events is um showcase artists and djs and uh, hopefully if you're coming to that you want to see people perform although sometimes you wouldn't believe it because most people are outside like smoking and chatting but um you know it is it, it yeah is that still the case? There's still, you know, big groups. When, what, what, how, what was the most recent? What was the last gig that was was on? Um, so I think the, the most recent one, the Holding Court event that we did, which was just without any collaboration, was um, XP in uh, Shoreditch. Um, so yeah, that was. I mean, you know, there's a different sort of thing because you've got people passing in and out the whole time it's just the nature of the venue um yeah. but yeah there has been times in the past where it is very much like as soon as the the act and you know support act or the headline is is done there is like a movement a whole sh- crowd just shifts across the floor and then the whole place empties and and then it's a task to get them back in it obviously the smoking ban at the time you know that like ha, ha, has had like quite an impact so less people are smoking more people vaping now i suppose so it's still like taking people outside and i guess most people just come to have a good time and network anyway but hopefully they they check in with what the artists are doing as well you know it's a funny one isn't it because i've noticed like with your audiences like i mean we always struggle to get an audience anyway so we maybe maybe all our all our, all our audiences were coming at like four o'clock like yours as well just like just yeah, we just put that, that's the problem. We put <laughs> yeah. our shows on too early. Too like, early. If this kicked off at two a.m., like we'd be. We had hordes <laughs> of people arriving at two a.m. and everyone's like, "No, no, ADV have gone home." We know like, that isn't true because we did that gig in Manchester. So <laughs> three in the morning, terrible. Um, so yeah, because it is interesting because I think a lot of the the people who come to Holding Court, I think a lot of them do rock up at about eleven, twelve. I mean. Uh, which is a completely different it's a completely different scene i suppose from what i'm used to which isn't i mean i'm not really involved in a scene at all i just just wander along um but it is a different thing especially when you're putting on like live music licenses stop right at about 11 Mm, yeah in a lot of places i think a lot of venues that i deal with certainly like you know there is often an option to go on but they've got to apply for it and then you always it it basically feels like it's putting them out (laughs) <laughs> and that's the last thing and you, you can only have well. like what if that's a temporary events notice, yeah. right? so yeah, you can yeah, only, and that right. venue can only apply for a handful of them a year so you've got to be yeah. pretty special in terms of what you can bring back from the bar 
to justify them going to the faff of applying for a temporary events notice. Yeah, and then that puts extra pressure on you to run an event which is deemed successful. And I mean, I, I know like my uh, definition of a successful event is very different to someone else's, you know. So like it, for me, like, you know, if everyone's appreciated the performance, we had like a decent crowd for them to perform to, the crowd gave as much as the, the artist did, or the DJ did, then that to me is a success. Obviously, not finance financially, it's not really relevant um, as long as they lose a ton of money. But then for the for the venue owner or the bar manager, or whatever events promoter, they they look at it in obviously a completely different light, and they need to ensure that they're you know ticking the the right boxes, making the right money, and you know yeah. Because it's that thing, isn't it? I mean, if if like I'm going to say blase sweeping statement here right so the bar needs the, the venue needs the bar to sell booze right mm-hmm. a lot of people who are into rap maybe they're not big drinkers but they do like smoking so they'll go outside smoke they'll get high anyway and do their thing or have have a good night and come back watch the gigs and and even if they come in and watch every show they're still not putting a lot of money behind the bar so the venue's yeah. just going to put someone else on who can put lots of money behind the bar yeah yeah, exactly. And it happens time and time again. I mean, there's been occasions where we've, we have, um, feel, you know, we use small venues. So there's been occasions where we managed to fill out a room of a fair, a fair size. Um, and then I'm, you know, go to the end, um, go to the events booker at the end or a week later and catch up with them to see when we could book another show thinking it was a success. And then they're like, you know, we, it was, we enjoyed having you, but we didn't take enough on the bar and, you know, you only really get one shot usually because um, these places are commercial enterprises and they're there to make money and as much as possible. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's How many cool. beers on average do you need your audience to drink to uh, run a healthy night? Like this, is like, this is like drink champs now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I say, like three to five drinks at a fair price. You know, I don't think it works out like, because you can say, well, yeah, there's always those those bars where they ask you, you know, you've got to make a minimum spend. You, you try and work out in your head, right, if everyone drinks like two drinks, that's like, you know, a, a, basically a tenner each in today's prices, maybe even a little bit more sometimes. But even doing that, you, ha- you have to think there's so many people who just turn up and don't drink. There's some people who sneak, well, try and sneak drinks into the venue, which is not helpful for for independent music and it's not helpful for the um for the venues um, it's so difficult yeah. isn't it because yeah. like it's it, that that kind of thing where you're saying well re- realistically you know and this isn't i know this isn't coming from you but if this if this is kind of the general rule it's like well if you're going to go to a live gig you probably need to, to spend you know what if you're going to get let's say a minimum of three drinks but it sounds more like four but let's say you're talking what 15 quid yeah. Like before you've even paid to get in, assuming that there is paid admission, which there isn't always, it's, it, you know, it starts to make live music inaccessible to some people because yeah. for some people, 15 quid is a lot of money, you know, yeah. um, and and particularly when you think that I, I don't know what kind of dates. Well, it doesn't really matter in regards to holding court, but like if you're talking about midweek gigs as well, you're like, well, if I'm going to drop 15 quid in the week, I'm going to get to Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to be skinned and I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I will choose, you know, you have people who choose not to do those, go to those kind of gigs so that they can, you know, eat that money out to, to last the weekend. So then inadvertently 
hemorrhaging the scene they're loving. Yeah. And the yeah. scene that they're there to support. But it's not but their then fault. they're not supporting it because mm. they can't. It's yeah. that hidden cost of entry, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, the solution is legalise cannabis and have venues <laughs> where you can buy a joint. cannabis, yeah. And, uh, and you can just kind of schedule in breaks for people to go out and do that. And, I mean, I mean that, that's the solution to loads of things. So <laughs> I, I, I'm all for that, believe I'll it or not. Tell you what the solution is. Yeah. Have a joint. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the issue as well is like the... the um, a lot of the drink prices now are really unreasonable, especially in like the city uh, yeah. or popular venues in. Well, in you towns. mentioned the venue earlier, which I'm not yeah. going to say to call out, but I remember I've been to quite a few gigs there because I live locally mm. for a while, and um, actually it's obvious because it's the only one we've mentioned by name. So, <laughs> but anyway, that place is really expensive, for, really mm. expensive for drinks and the drink. And 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 what's frustrating? I don't mind spending you know seven quid on a pint, but it will probably be the only one I. Sh- I buy all night. Yeah, yeah, Plus, yeah. I expect it to be nice for seven quid. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And obviously, like um, when so, I generally spend like about twelve months trying to find venues because they're, they're so few and far between, especially places that will that will um, you know give us a shot. Even though you know we've been around for a while and we have a following, um, it, it just is that difficult. And sometimes when you find a decent venue, it's then you've got to fit in and then the artist has got to be available in the time. And you, you know, you guys yourself know, because you've been, you've been doing this for a long, long time as well, longer than I have, in fact. And um, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's often that you're left with, that you never get the perfect venue. So for example, you'll, you'll have somewhere where, um, you know, the events booker is like an amazing person and they bend over backwards for you and they just really want to support what you're doing. But then the prices will be like, you say, like six, seven, eight pound for a drink, unsustainable, or, you know, all the sound would be terrible. And then you'll find a perfect venue that's great size, cheap beers. And then the artist is pissed off because, you know, they they can't hear what they're even doing. They, yeah. you know, the crowd don't appreciate it. And you've got to kind of audio, audio files in the crowd, like, sort of you know grabbing hold of me saying what the fuck's the matter with the sound yeah. um yeah so it's, it's like a, to build yeah. a new pa yeah, oh yeah. yeah sorry i just forgot to um yeah. that <laughs> magic switch thanks yeah. so much for telling it to me you absolute prick oh yeah. i forgot my soldering iron again because i always bring one of those to a gig yeah. oh it's a sound shit is it right well fuck off <laughs> <laughs> well, there, you know there's been times in the past where i have looked into doing mini buses to shows but then i had to kind of draw the line and think you know is it really my responsibility to get people there as well you know like after booking the act the the venue the scheduling and stuff and you know you know the answer to that so is it what's um so you've been you've been running holding court for well you tell me how long um but um, but like it'd be, I think it'd be useful for anyone listening who doesn't know just to give a kind of rundown of some of the artists that you work with and um, have have played holding court shows and um, it would just be good to just give a bit of an overview on that for anyone who doesn't know. Cool. So um, started holding court in 2009, and the way I best describe it is like a, a collective um, because then you know because it encompasses so many things. Um, so it's like a, a loose collective of a bunch of friends, basically, um, who come together to put on events um, and basically give people a platform to perform and um, promote, like, basically what we consider to be decent music. And basically it started off with just trying to give um, 
myself and, and my friends at the time um, in my hometown a place to go and like you know listen to the music we wanted to hear and, and spend time with people you want to be around um, and then we just kind of managed to get our foot in the door in different places um, <clears throat> some of the earlier artists we had down like um, we were doing stuff at one stage in a, a pub in um, just a room out the back of a pub like not a seriously not fancy boozer at all and um, we got like brother man down which was like you know a big thing for us um, because it really really was just like a you know a terrible pub and a terrible function room um, but we were still like trying to pull uh, people like here and you know fair enough he came out for for not so much money, you know. To, it is amazing who will come to the back room of a pub, yeah, to yeah, yeah. watch something or perform something. I mean, I mean, the majority of our gigs have been in the back rooms of pubs, yeah. like sticky floors, that sort of thing. And it's yeah, it is yeah. amazing, like who comes out to experience that, right? Exactly, man. Yeah. Well, so we had like a savior come down, um, and he, you know, he took like a coach down, um, mega bus or whatever from. Uh, Leeds or Huddersfield or, or whatever and just like came and crashed at my parents overnight when I was living back there in, in Farnborough so um, you know Sonny Jim came with like a whole load of people from Eat Good and good memories of them just turning up and like handing out um, like promo CDs to like every single person and stuff you know really like it, that's an example of what, one show that you didn't really have to spend. I think it was like three pounds to get in or something. And at the time, that that actually that connected all the dots. But then, you know, imagine coming to that show and the beer wasn't expensive there. And then you go away with like a few stickers and, you know, opportunity to just like, you know, have a drink or a smoke or whatever with Sonny Jim, who you've probably been listening to, you know, in Basel State. He had plenty of fans. So, um, yeah, we also... Um, we had a couple of artists from the US, um, Tablik from Mass Pike, um, Grand Agent, um, DJ Iron uh, came with them from uh, Belgium, was the only thing in Belgium. Um, yeah, a nice collection of of, um, of, of UK rappers. Uh, just recently, XP down from um, yeah, like up in Leeds way. Um, yeah. Is you know there's a whole 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 list um, yeah great memories so. and it's it's so I mean we found this as well um, like did we find this or <laughs> I mean, in fact, I'm looking at a photo right now of me and and Coops doing a gig that you'd booked us for and right, right, it's cool. got we're on a little it wasn't even a stage we were no. on the way to the toilet so people yeah. had to oh to i remember this this was in bathing soak yeah. this was an elevated yeah, had, seating area yeah yeah it was fantastic and then outside we had that there's like a um, kind of a, a battle rap with some teenager who was fantastic and then me and you coops stood on a tank i think yeah on a roundabout in the center of town yeah yeah yeah, yeah we okay. took some promo shots standing <laughs> on a made history tank yeah but i do uh, think these 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 events and well back then they're so special because it is like they were kind of hard to find so knowing that you were doing them we did our own little version of it as well it was a place for kind of these people who liked this stuff could come down and get involved do something and and feel like a part of a community it's like these little happenings, I suppose, isn't it? Kind of like what you were saying. And if you're lucky, you're going to go away with a little bit of like someone's album or some someone's merch. Yeah, some yeah. merch. Yeah. 
feeling pretty good about yourself yeah. and stand on a tank. Yeah, which is, you know, the way <laughs> I like to end all my nights out. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, have, have you Rosalind. found in the years that you've been doing it, you know, changes to the demographics of the people who are coming, you know, because, you know, 10 years, people do a lot of growing in 10 years and a lot of people's situations change. Have you found uh, that the audience has has changed has it got bigger has are there newer younger heads coming up who are interested in this kind of hip-hop yeah i mean it's an interesting it's a decent question because i i do mention that to a lot of people is when we first started it's such a different crowd to the people who come out now and part of it obviously is to do with like the just the fact that we changed it from like farnborough aldershot which is where i'm from to get over to Basin State, then from Basin State to Reading, it just made sense in that order to try and find bigger venues and, and bigger sort of like scenes. Like Reading's always had a decent hip hop scene um, back when I was uh, like sort of 16, 17, 18, had an amazing graph scene. And so we knew that and, and like had some decent rap nights there as well. Um, it was like a, a destination on, on the like UK hip hop map if you're going to perform outside London, you'd stop in Reading as well. There'd always be shows. So it's, it was quite nice to like get to Reading and then I was working in uh, in London as well. So um, eventually when moving there, decided to try and do, you know, get in where we fitted in and do shows there too. So yeah, a massive like, like shift in the crowd and also the age group started with a lot of people who were a few years older than me. Um, and now it's completely reversed. So we've got people who come to the shows in Reading who are like, you know, 18 to like 25. And, you know, obviously their perception of UK rap is very different. They're, you know, a lot of them are high focus kind of heads. A lot of them are not. A lot of them just like want to hear something different to that, um, which is refreshing as well, because, you know, we know there's a, a lot of people out there who don't get exposure. Um, and, but, you know, I always used to say to artists as well, if you come out of the city, you come to Reading or Basingstoke, you'll end up selling quite a lot of CDs or, or T-shirt stuff because you're saving people like a trip on the train into the city, um, you know, and people are quite receptive because you're going to them in effect. So, you know, people are buying up all their merchandise and send them home with nothing, you know. Like, <laughs> so. and do you see a difference between the, the gigs you do in London and the gigs you do outside of london because it seems like you know holding court had a pretty good basis um a base outside of london and then it's got this arm that is in london now and mm. i wonder like how important that is to you and what the difference is if any in kind of the feel of the shows or apart from the price of drinks right yeah um i don't know they're they're, too, they're very different like i guess the reading crowd is for the most part slightly younger it's kind of weird that in london we haven't picked up like people so much of that sort of like 18 to 21 or 25 age group it's more like your 30s and above um not to say that it's like an over 30 like because it certainly isn't and, like, you know we appreciate it singles night yeah yeah well you know um but yeah, it, it is it is pretty different. There's a lot of people who come to London shows who've been involved. A lot of the artists who we've had, or certainly a, collect, a collective of them, like who have performed that in Reading, come and support the shows in London, which is nice. And it's it's always good when you have people who you've put on actually come bother to come back and get involved, or just come and be a member of the audience. It doesn't happen a lot, you know. Everyone's. I think that's something yeah. that we found all the way through yeah. everything, you know 
some people aren't reciprocal. Some people yeah. take and kind of <laughs> and are happy just to take. And I think, and that's just you know, everyone's different, and that's the nature of some people, and they don't realise they're doing it, you know. But no. I, I, and I, th- I think the difference is when I have been that guy, I have at least known that I'm being that guy, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do a gig, we'll do this gig, but. You know, there's there's been a hand, and it will be a handful, but there have been a handful where we've done our set and we haven't hung around till the end. We felt guilty about it, but there's been a reason for it. But typically, we know what you should do is you do your set, you watch everyone before, and you watch everyone after, and you applaud everyone because you're all pulling together for the same thing. That's what you know. And obviously, there are some occasions where it's not feasible for whatever reason, but that's the that's the the golden rule as far as we're concerned. Um, and I think that's there's always going to be people who who don't necessarily take that on board. Um, and uh, but to that extent, I think it's important that you just keep going anyway. But I know that for, for people like you who are actually organizing this, it's hard to manage that because you want everything to be fair. You want and, and if people don't come back as a fan, it threatens the existence of the art in the first place or of the event or the performance yeah totally and obviously yeah potentially denying future you know artists or themselves a, a route back to come perform at the show either in london or reading um for wherever we might do it you know like it's not it's certainly not like uh just exclusive to, to those two places I, I consider setting up where i could it's just a you know um i think i've, I've kind of stop doing shows so much or certainly you know speaking from my my from myself but like obviously you know i have djs like shep and um the couple of guys out in reading like the white house studio guys um you know they're really supportive of the shows and they know all the stuff about the sound that i don't um so i rely on a lot of other people and obviously matt um i'm six of mutual friends of ours like he's now in singapore um so he you know he tries to coincide it with coming back to do shows, but it's never really happened. Um, what are we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just talking about like how, well, the over, overarching thing was about, you know, how things change in 10 years and everyone being older. I'm, I'm you know, some people now have kids and yeah, you, you know, you got, you know, serious, you know, long-term relationships that, you know when when all of this started you know 10 years ago or whatever like when when Avengers of kind of started this was number one like the music and doing gigs and trying to get people to hear our stuff and finding like-minded people and finding like, well, yeah that was as weird as that we were was for doing that it. was the top of the priority list and as you get older it's hard to maintain that because there are other things that become prevalent you know your career is obviously one that comes in at some point and then the relationships and so on so um i'm i mean i'm particularly interested in in any new blood that you get through because i know that from a personal perspective when it comes to doing gigs i i don't i i i feel a little self-conscious about gigging to people that are that much younger than me because i'm immediately thinking they don't want to see a 35 year old guy rap i don't even know what i rap about luckily it isn't at least <laughs> about how cool i am so that's that's an advantage but just i don't know because also because rap particularly in this country is so much bigger now than it was when we were that age i'm threatened by the fact that the chances are they're all better than me anyway 
because everyone raps now and we was when we were doing it it wasn't everyone not everyone was into hip-hop i mean everyone knew jar rule but that's different to <laughs> being involved in trying to actually do something creative in regards to hip-hop in this country and i think you know we, we when we did gigs at the very beginning you know I, we were distinctly told on more than one occasion we shouldn't be doing rap because we're white mm. that's the end of that <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's just saying that things have changed, you know. Yeah. And, you know, also, I think (laughs) that you have conversations now with people where um, they're, well, you always probably did, but their kind of idea of what rap is is so different to yours. And, you know, a lot of the stuff now, I don't really cast as hip hop, it's just rap in its own right. You know, it's like it's gone off in its own direction. And um, I'm not particularly a fan of a lot of it. Um, But, you know, I guess you you got to kind of appreciate that if people are coming up and that's the stuff that they're being exposed to, that's what they're listening to, and then they feel like there's an outlet for them and they're going to do that. But, you know, what I don't like hearing is when they they call that hip-hop or that kind of rap, like the kind of mumble rappers and stuff, and they relate that to hip-hop because I think it's something different. Um, But it's got got roots in hip-hop, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely rap. It's a form of rap, just like your your bling era and your you know like East Coast West Coast gangster rap and your your backpack rap and there's all sorts and I guess it does, but then there's very little in their lyrical content or in the lifestyle that they're choosing or promoting that that really relates to hip hop in its essence, you know I think, mm-hmm. but that's a very purist kind of um, view. So, and is that what people will be getting at, <clears throat> at um, a holding court night? Is that is that how how a holding how, how holding courts kind of shaped out? I think I like to think that we have like a you know like pretty high standards for um, artists that we showcase and even the stuff that the DJs play. Yeah, um, I think it all makes sense. But um, you know, other nights approaching slightly differently and have like for example more artists on. And it's more like a kind of open mic, but a scheduled open mic. Mm. Um, so everyone's got like a 15 minute set and there's like, you know, 15 um, sort of rap groups playing one after another. And, you know, that that's one formula, but it's not one that I'm a fan of. For a start, open mics are hard headache work. To run. Headache to run, man. Like, you know, like. Uh, so many egos. Yeah. One person overruns. That means that. A, the next person's late, but it also means everyone else thinks that they have the right to overrun as well. And then before yeah. you know it, it's a four in the morning job, which yeah. you know I'm not a fan of. <laughs> and then, you know, and then how are you gonna how are you gonna write all their names on a flyer? You know, without people getting upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get top billing on an open mic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's nice to kind of have like one or two acts, maybe like one main act, a support act, maybe two support acts. I kind of draw the line at a couple of support acts. Depends how long you've got as well, doesn't it? But like I find that it's spreading the shout a little bit. Um, mm. I'm not a fan of making people wait until like you know 3 a.m. when they're half asleep to like see who they've come to see. So yeah, well it's disrespectful, isn't it? Just stood around. Yeah, I think there's an ulterior to it, you know, ulterior motive when that's when people that trying to get people to spend more at the bar, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. one of the techniques that people could choose to use to, you know, to to cement their place in the future, which is well, make everyone wait in the venue longer, so they they have to drink more 
and spend more at the bar. But yeah, but the, the flip side of that is true as well. Like um, you, your audience will just arrive later. You do that to them once, That's so they're, not, they're not going to come till later. Yeah, or they, or they just don't come at all. <laughs> or they don't yeah. come at all. Yeah, uh, like the aim transport? of the game here is to build an audience, right? That's yeah. it. Transport is not great. Like um, that's one thing, you know, doing events out in, um, in you know, in the sticks, relatively speaking, like uh, yep. Farm shot you know, you're trying to get to shows even over in Guildford or if you live in Basingstoke and now holding courts in Reading, we kind of lost a lot of those heads because they couldn't travel because, you know, people want to be out drinking and having a good time. They don't necessarily want to worry about having to get home afterwards. They don't want to spend like £100 collectively on a taxi ride or, well, you know, if you miss a train, you just, you know, that's a lot of money um, on top of the night you've just had. Um, we got a few dedicated heads who like get hotels and stuff. Like they don't Whoa. come to every show, but they'll, you know, they'll, they'll kind of make a special occasion of it. And um, Have you got like, like a partnership with a hotel? <laughs> so, oh, if you mention holding court 40, you get a 40% discount. Yeah. I, I'm thinking maybe Premier should, room, yeah, so. like hotels.com or something, you know, like a little promo code. Yeah. <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. well we just mentioned them on, on here so you know you never know you could move into package listen. holidays you know <laughs> yeah, yeah man Do yeah why not abroad yeah I mean, it's not going to work right now though is it you know well no now's not the right time hey, for a we, package we have to we have to plan for the future right you know we, <laughs> we have to think, think think big think about the future and, and and what we can be doing when when things go back to some kind of normality which is why oh, we have package holidays. We have a show booked in as well. We have. Oh some really? In, um, but the venue has said don't promote it until um, you know until we have the all clear that we can do it because it's obviously their their reputation at stake as well. So is we it have an something. autumn show. When is it? Yeah, first of August. Uh, <laughs> first of October. Second of October. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Check the diary. Yeah, yeah. It's second uh, <laughs> of October. So. Um, yeah, we have that, some, that's yeah. quite scary isn't it because that's mm. like because even in the in the world i work in like autumn is still a bit there's a big question mark over one like how we can make the venues work and again you go back to that is it cost effective for, for venues to even be open right on that kind of reduced capacity yeah i just don't i i really can't see how it can work around people with alcohol as well like i, I was reading something in the press about weatherspoons trying to um, reopen with like distance tables and screens and stuff and they're like I mean you know you guys been in the weather spoons recently on a Friday Saturday night like you know well, probably not no but, you know, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what I walked past my local weather spoons yesterday yeah. no two yeah. days ago and it was boarded up they got these like wooden boards outside <laughs> it and yeah. there were three people stood outside it with beers right a couple of lads about about my age drinking bottles that they'd you know bought from a shop just leaning against the wooden boards of Weatherspoons, getting drunk, singing songs. And on the other side of the boards, not inside, just further along the street, there was an old boy there drinking tins of special brew or something, leaning against the pub, having a quite a nice time. And I kind of felt for him because he probably just thought like, well, this is what I used to do in my life. I've got nowhere else to go and nothing else to do. So I'm just going to come. It's like Jay and Silent Bob of a quick stop. They're just going to come and <laughs> lean against it until yeah. it fucking opens again because they got nothing else to do and it, it was phenomenal and very sad you know like just to like see it it's just like damn mm. it, kind of, it kind of reminds me of that scene in uh is it dawn of the dead <laughs> where you've got all the people turn up at the shopping mall yeah but yeah it's uh it's yeah i mean i do i can't see it 
working out, you know, unless um, unless something drastically changes, like you say. I do, I, you know, certainly with the crowd that we sometimes get, you know, have a few drinks and all kind of personal space goes out the window anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, are you doing anything like are you doing anything online at the moment what's holding court doing digitally are you bothering with the virtual space because i mean we've, we've talked on uh, different episodes pete haven't we about our feelings about all the different content that's going around and rah 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 mm. but what's what's holding court's approach um definitely like trying to yeah trying to keep things moving it never really stops um so at the moment, we've teamed up with a, a Reading-based online radio station called Go- uh, Gold Dust, and um, bumped into the guys who run it um, at a, a pioneer, local pioneer, um, prone. It was like his 50th birthday, and um, you know they just sort of said we're from Reading, and we do this this uh, this whole online station so kind of got involved and we're just at the moment submitting guest mixes because i'm not a dj um but i I try and like um reach out to kind of bring people through holding court to to sort of deliver their stuff through us so uh, we've got a series of uh, series of of mixes this uh year you've Um, just released one right and that's with the i forget dj he djs with um exp xp yeah, yeah. So uh, DJ OP1 out of Northampton. Um, yeah, great guy. Like he's, I mean, uh, last weekend I was watching one of his um, live, like Facebook live Zoom things he was doing. He's just like, like, the guy like lives on the turntables. And, you know, people like that, when you meet them, like through, through mutual friends, you bump into them, whatever, they're just like I love the energy they have for their for their art form or for their craft. Yeah. Like yeah, it's awesome. And he's just a party rocker, so he plays like all sorts of stuff and mix a bit of Oasis in there, like in a mostly hip hop and, and funk sort of mix. Um yeah, anyone uh, after listening to this, go check it out. Go check out our uh, our mix with him on Goldust. It's like, I think we've got it up on Mixcloud and stuff, but yeah. So that's that's kind of uh, it planning maybe for that show in in October or whenever it will just keep moving it I think it will just roll you know another three months or whatever until we can finally deliver it and um, actually looking at uh, something you guys could probably help me with is I've uh, been looking at um, re relaunching uh, the holding court merchandise so I was wondering if you oh, guys we're had... good with merchandise yeah I was gonna say do you have any ideas for like um for, for bits of merchandise like what what masks face masks are hot face at masks. the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah Wu-Tang have done it so um, they have have they yeah well I don't think they're official but you can definitely oh, yeah. get um protect your neck nice uh face masks um it should be really protect your mouth shouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, that kind of goes against the art of being a rapper, though, doesn't it? Well, I suppose it doesn't. It just sounds more like the kind of... Watch um, what you say, OK? Yeah, it sounds more like the kind of thing that like an insurance provider might have as their tagline. Don't protect your me. mouth. Um, well, in regards to merch for us, I don't know, what has been our hot-selling merchandise? <laughs> Most of it is still in this room somewhere, like under my sofa or something. So we've yeah. got a hell of a lot of T-shirts. Um I think probably uh, for our audience, like baby grows now, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and only one of them as well. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Merch is a really hard one because you need a loyal following who wants to buy it. And what's because CDs are completely pointless. We were t- we've been talking about uh, on um, Slept on Classics, uh, one of the bands we, we were looking at, Junk Science. They, they did like things like like really cool like USB sticks with the album on them, which was great for for the time. But it's just something to hold, isn't it? But again, you need to be a super fan to even part with, even if it's just three quid. You know, mm. like we got to a point we were. I remember at one gig trying to, we gave, we had, um, we made little badges and within the badge, we put, um, just a little, a note just saying you can download the album here for free. Yeah. And sometimes that was impossible, impossible to get rid of. Like just like to people at hip hop shows, like, Oh, do you want this? Do you want that? Cause people just, it, it's, it, it's such a tricky thing getting the merch, right? Um, I mean, I think, I think the way forward at the moment, actually, is, um, and this is harking back to something we mentioned in one of the Slepton Classics as well, is um, if you were able to find a local microbrewery, do a collab with them where they do a batch of beer that is that you kind of endorse and work on the artwork for it, and then they already have a name for themselves, so they're selling great beer, and someone will see it and be like, oh, that's a cool looking can. I wonder what Holding Court is. And then all the people who already love Holding Court, they will order some of it because it's cool. Yeah, the Holding um, Court brew. That, oh, would, nice. that would be my number one. I think these, this idea of kind of um, collaboration beers is becoming, actually, it, seemed, it always seemed to me to be something really inaccessible. But actually, there's so many microbreweries around now. They're all looking for cool ways of selling and interesting ways of selling products that they already know are good. Um, so it, it comes back to that idea of like they're just they'll turn around to you and say, well, yeah, we can do it, but what's in it for us? Like, how many new punters can you get to us? Yeah, with the holding court brew, yeah. right? Yeah, but I mean, if their if their margins are relatively low anyway, they will accept relatively low back in return if it's not really going to cost them anything to, yeah. to do it. So. That would be my number one port of call. If I was looking to do something like that at the moment, I would hook up some local brewery because there's so many breweries and they're all making really good stuff. Um, And uh, And the designs are on point, aren't they? You know, like the the micro breweries now, they, yeah, the taste is, is great. Sure. But they really kind of stand up with design. They, you can't, can't get away with a kind of a Carlsberg sort of design anymore, you know, or that kind of oval with some text in it yeah, in yeah. a red box. You know, that doesn't cut it anymore. If you, if you want to be selling your beer and you're an independent you brewer, artwork. Yeah. you need beautiful artwork. Like that's got to have some style. Um, and, and, I th- and, they're, and they're looking for, um, I, I don't mean to use the word gimmicks, but they're, they're, they're looking for avenues that have, appeal you know and the kind of urban and hip-hop aspect is is prevalent if you go to a independent beer shop now you'll see loads of cans that have basically got kind of graffiti based art on them um or comic books or or kind of street scenes or you know there's something for everyone there so that would be something i'd consider if i was in your position i like it i've also had a lot of requests for socks (laughs) hey well socks and beer yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that, that is the lifestyle right now anyway, isn't it? Well, yeah. Socks, Everyone, I'm in my socks <laughs> drinking a beer right now, so <laughs> hit the nail on the head. I'm the target audience. <laughs> <laughs> I just think there's so much cost, isn't there, to, to, to front anything like this. And mm. then you just, I mean, at least with beer, you can just drink it all, right? 
Like, it's well, not yeah, advisable. and also I think you can you can whittle down to the kind of local roots because I think all these microbreweries, particularly you know, if you if you were to approach some in kind of Reading, all the shop, where everything, where the 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 hub of Holding Court really is, you'd probably get some people kind of on board with that because they want they all everyone's trying to promote everyone on that local stage i think that's become really important not just in in beer brewing but just generally you know yeah. i think um locality even though technically it's becoming less important because of the internet in regards to people's kind of morale and and sharing business experiences it's all it's also becoming within the businesses it's becoming really uh key and important and something that they want to be able to to shout about and go yeah we're local and we support this this and this and and arts projects fall into that as well so yeah yeah i i I totally agree with you that i think now probably more than ever as well that 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 kind of local um you know think local i think what was the phrase you know they're basically shopping local um I think that hopefully will it's become a great name like for an album, a, by the way. Shopping local. <laughs> it, it, it hopefully will become like a, you know, a way people go back to living more after this because um, it makes sense. You know, if you've got people who are struggling because their businesses haven't done too well during the pandemic, then you know maybe you get people collectively come together to start supporting all the local businesses before supporting people and don't get me wrong you'll never get everyone to think like that but i think more than ever you'll get people now in that mind state because it's happening to them or people they know firsthand it's not it's no longer people you know if you're based in the south it's no longer people right based up north where there's no jobs um you know it's happening you know, right across the street from you potentially now where people are just, you know, really struggling to, to get by. And um, something like that would, would really connect, which is a nice, I, I hope that's how, you know, one of the benefits that comes out of this is people find their local shops to go to instead of going to, to your one shop that doesn't always have everything you need. And they're not going to stock holding court's latest pint. Exactly. So there so we go. Get on that. Even more reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'll order some. Don't you worry about it. I'm all about beer being delivered to the house online. That's <laughs> great. Thing great. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually heard. So you say you get um you get like a a pack like sent to you like selection from a, a certain online. I mean, can you mention it? Or like, could you try and get them up for some uh, <laughs> discount? Codes I mean, I, I, I have about. I think I've got about th- four different subscription services Sweet. at the moment. But <laughs> I, I, um, there's uh, the main ones are Beer Fifty Two, Flavorly that do a lot of kind of crowdsourced and cooperated like stuff. Um, you've got uh, Beer Bods and Honest Brew. They're the key ones. Um, but I think a lot of them. So that, I mean, it's kind of Flavorly's idea. Um, model was essentially what made me think about suggesting it to you is that flavorly don't i don't believe they brew much themselves the majority of what they do is they approach existing breweries and go we'll we'll essentially do a collaboration and do a batch of this so that your brewery name is on it but it goes to all of our customers and kind of co-promotes both so um but i think the local breweries is is the place to start and just just get in touch because you know they're all looking for interesting new things to do and even if it just means they've got an interesting can and it doesn't really increase their sales with your audience ongoing which is unlikely because once you've tried a brand and you like it 
you'll go back to it when you see it. But even if that's the case, they just end up with a, a batch with a decent and interesting can that's a limited edition. That might be enough for them to consider doing it. Um, so I'd have a look. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, man. Definitely. And it's Stick hard. the sips I'm on the bottom as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't now. <laughs> Have you guys heard that? Um, what's his name? Who's is it? Who does the um, the podcast? Who's just basically been given millions by Spotify and Spotify are in hot water about it? You know, he does that really big podcast. Who's Joe Rogan, is it? Yeah, it's him. Yeah. So he's just been given like millions by Spotify. Who? Um, Joe Rogan Experience. Podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never listened. Well, I have listened to it. I got a bit bored, but I think it's just because I mean, it's just some of them are really long, and some of them, and, and, and there's, they're done, it's interesting because it's the biggest podcast in the world, as far as I'm aware. But there seems to be. That's why um, just got mega. I'm not really the one to to have an opinion. No one's asked me for it, but <laughs> I feel that there's a there's quite a lack of quality control there. Like some of it is very interesting, but that some of them are three hours long. It's like. I've heard all of them and been like, that could have been 25 minutes. You could just whittle that down to the key things. Get like, an editor. Yeah, get an editor. Uh, so the, in, reason or, I, the reason I bring it up is because we're talking about merch, we're talking about ways to you know, make some income but give something back. And for artists and the people who promote those artists, um, like yourself, Luke, it's increasingly difficult to do that. You know, We don't have CD sales anymore because who's going to buy a CD, right? No one has CD players. Um, MP3, MP3 streaming, like Spotify and whatnot, is is abysmal you know it's you don't get any money from that it's peanuts um so it is trying to think about that creative merch that that people will buy and will be bothered to buy and will be incentivized to buy that isn't just going to collect dust or just they feel a bit guilty so they're going to buy it um yeah it's tricky don't know don't have an answer well, I mean, if, thing, if we cracked how to do things creative and make enough money to live off of it, <laughs> we'd, have, we, we'd be getting money from Spotify now. Yeah, we'd be, we, yeah, things might be, I don't know, our output would be different, put it that way. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, the thing is, you just got to keep trying and making sure and, and only try as long as you enjoy it. And I think that's why you get so many artists who kind of disappear for a bit or not necessarily just artists, but just um, creative people who were, whether it's music or whatever, you know, you do get to a point where things have to quieten down for a bit because well, you have to focus on other things in your life. Or sometimes you fall out of love with what it is that you love forever. And actually you need some time apart to, to refocus. Um, I know that's been the case for me. It's why my solo albums never come out. <laughs> Well, it's a case. Uh, I know you're basically like Cecil a lot a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like it's. Uh, yeah, I don't book gigs anymore because I found it exhausting. I, I literally found it a really tough experience. You know, when you're getting you're booking this, uh, you know, even a back room in a pub. It, it's it's costing a little bit of money. You're then getting emails from a promoter saying that you're not promoting it right because they haven't seen any they haven't seen a, a poster or something and it's like no, there's, there's posters i've promoted it fine back off and then you're getting maybe a, a, just feelings from the people you've booked that maybe you've not got enough in the, in the room like the audience isn't big enough and it's, it's it's a whole lot of emotions to go on for something that's it's it's an add-on to everything else or maybe not it's it's another thing you're doing in your life it isn't the sole thing you're doing in your life like you know you've got a job but you have to have 
to enable you to do this thing that hopefully brings some people together and puts some people on stage because doing the putting the people together and getting some people in a room or on stage it, it, it isn't a main source of income you know pete and i talk about this a lot this whole thing that the people who are doing it at this grassroots level please don't be offended if i say grassroots luke uh, or, or or above like it's it's hard to do it in as that as your sole income um so i just found it quite exhausting when it there wasn't a lot of joy coming back from it for 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 an extended period so i was just like you know i'm not i'm not going to do it for a while and then that while was kind of extended a little bit further and don't get me wrong we had some awesome times uh, and some awesome gigs but it is tricky booking gigs and, and being the person who books gigs i think so in, I, in that respect it's really good that you know despite the difficulties that you've already talked about um, and I'm sure there's plenty of difficulties that you haven't talked about. You're still doing it. <laughs> How long it? we got? How long yeah. we got? <laughs> um, watching this clock tick away, I'm thinking, hmm, like, well, what can I? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is no, it. Like, this is why right. people need people like like you, Luke, in a way, not to kind of blow on trumpets, but because it is hard work to to organise something like this. It doesn't it doesn't often look like hard work. But it is hard People work. People have you know. no idea. You know, I, mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the worst because I mean, I, I input. I was like, I'm the casual <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I'll do the gig as long as I don't have to book it, and I get all the, I do all the fun stuff. Yeah, um, but you but also even, were my emotional support, right? But yeah, but even, even despite that, it was still hard work for me when I was only <laughs> doing the easy stuff. So like, I think the, the general person who goes to a gig, the person who's like, oh. Actually, the treble's a bit high. Like, fuck off, mate. Because yes, what, what have you done? Like, this is so much hard work trying to get this amount of people in, in one room, have them all happy when, you know, 5% of them are artists and some of them are assholes. let's face it. Um, and then you've got the, the venue themselves who, you know, quite often from the moment that anyone walks in, they're thinking, these guys are a bunch of assholes, or they're not going to yeah. get enough people in here they're not going to make enough money or the sound uh, guy who just doesn't speak to you because you're rash <laughs> yeah yeah it just absolutely hates you from a minute you walk in it's it's so you know i think people people it's not even they underestimate they don't even think that anyone's had to try to make a gig happen they think oh it's just a gig you just turn up and you know it's a gig isn't it but that it is such hard work and i think you know the fact that you're still persevering with it and you get and you manage to get joy out of it still is really commendable because you know the last few gigs that we did there wasn't much joy <laughs> you know that's, don't get me wrong there's always the buzz of being on stage but you don't even get the advance you know that that feeling is such because you're not you're we, we were quite selfish we were, we were setting up gigs so that we could do what we loved which is yeah. performing um but you're you know you're really unselfish in in the the model that you've got of how you work like you know, put, trying to put on a really good time for everyone. I think that's great. I, t- I think I take a lot from um, from rap, hip hop. You know, like I'm I'm a massive fan, um, and so that was always like my idea was I can put something back into it um, by giving people a platform, and then obviously I get to um, you know if I'm listening to someone I think they have appeal to our audience um I can get them down and then you, it is effective like you have your own your own show uh, but then that comes with um you know some financial implications and and stuff but um no I appreciate the 
appreciate the kind words. Um, but well, then, to be honest, it's you've also lost difficult. money. Like, yeah, you've lost money on gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just says it all the way you I, said I that. Wasn't, I wasn't going to talk about that. <laughs> we can. You see this out. background? This background's not real. I'm actually in the. <laughs> Holy I mean, court is now actually at the last venue you performed at yeah. on a break even. Yeah, yeah holding court is actually just a subsection of Barclay Card. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's strange. You know, strange things have happened, right? Like, but yeah, th- th- this background is not real. You see the sofa in Martin's uh, background there. I'm actually on Martin's sofa and have been for quite some time. <laughs> um, it's a pleasure to have you, Luke. Yeah, but it, it's funny it's because yeah, it, it's. I mean, I don't know how long it will go on as well. When I, when we got to the ten year birthday, um, I wasn't sure, you know, whether I'd keep keep going, um, just because there is all that extra stuff. And and like as Pete's mentioned, like, like your life changes a lot in in um, a ten, you know, it changes in a couple of years, you know. Um, but a ten year span is is massive. And um, we're kind of just looking at other avenues as well. So like whether it's going to writing. Um, for other ways to like you know give people a platform still but like not necessarily live shows or not necessarily live shows where you have to rely on audience or a venue like maybe stuff more like your online uh, streaming but then it's it's uh takes a lot to set up and do right and do well you know what you're seeing at the moment is a lot of people who are setting up in their bedroom and doing it and you know it's okay but it's probably not something you're going to go back to and you, you want to make sure that when you do do something that's well thought out and well delivered so um yeah, yeah so the, the, the tiny desk concerts like they're they yeah. were here before like yeah. the pandemic and they'll be here afterwards people really love that it's really slick yeah. it looks beautiful and it, it it's it's well organized there's only so many people duplicating their voices or screens on zoom that's mm. doing a show that that's fun while it's happening now but it's it's, it's going to wear out mm. so you're right it's, it's trying <laughs> to find that that way of presenting it that's sustainable and fun yeah yeah because this isn't this isn't just this isn't hip-hop specific i mean this is you know live music venues were on the decline anyway i mean this this the, the effects of this pandemic are going to have a really massive detrimental effect on something that was already struggling as it as it was so um you know i think tr- trying to be trying to get that that new thing right whatever that looks like that's the next challenge isn't it because um who knows how many of the venues are going to be able to reopen after this amount of time not being open and also for you to find a way to bring holding court into that new area so it still fits in your life if that's what you wanted to do because you know when you made it 10 years ago your life was very different your life's changed, shape, this, that, and the other, as you you you've both said. And if it's going to continue, like anything, it's got to kind of sit and mould with you, right? Yeah. Um, rather I think than... that's int- the interesting thing about that is that, and and I know it's I'm not that this person, but actually a lot of the people whose lives have seriously changed in the last ten years, in that let's say they've now got kids. Okay, if you get the formula right now whatever that formula is that will last longer than 10 years that doesn't might not need to change again if you get it right in regards to the amount of time people need to commit and and so on because the fundamental change is you know 20 to through to 
30s it's the point where right, you're not single anymore you've got a serious relationship maybe now you've got kids and now you, and you've got a job but you've got all that by the time you're let's let's say you know fingers crossed generally 40 which is for me only what five years away <laughs> so <laughs> um so if 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 what i get in place now or by at that point is right well that will last ages you know you're not going to have that same 10 year well, everything's changed now because most the, the, the general pattern of everyone's lives once you get to mid 30s is kind of in place you know unless people suddenly chuck in their job and go right i'm going to be a i don't know uh I'm working on oil rig i don't know why that was the first thing that's in decline anyway because of uh you know green energy so i don't know what i'm talking about but I am just on the basis of, you know, when you think about getting older, now's a good time to think about a format that might, that doesn't have an end date. Because everyone knows, you don't think about it in your early 20s, but you, if, if you do, you're like, well, when I can get to 40, I'm not going to want to be out three nights a week getting smashed. Mm. Uh, you don't what? think about it then. <laughs> well, far from Bernie James. <laughs> So yeah, it's about working that out, and um, and and the coronavirus and the impact of that is has changed everything. But I think with a lot of things, like in regards to my job, which I'm not going to talk about at le- in any length, but it has hustler. It's um, yeah, <laughs> my my, hus- my job as a hustler, but it's it's forced adoption uh, adaptation or adoption of technology. It's forced people into learning more about technology and using technology more. So therefore ideas around using technology to share music in an interesting way weren't feasible two months ago because half people had never done a video call before um, or never been on a, a video conference well now nearly everyone has so actually they're not intimidated or they don't not see the point in them because they've done them now so actually now is a good time to really think about anything digital that could be done because People are those people who weren't computery people. They've been forced into being a little bit more computer literate recently. Yeah, in at the deep end sort of thing, and also yeah. maybe realizing the potential and the possibilities. I mean, I'm no fan of you know um, like sitting on Zoom versus you know in person down a pub or in a park or wherever. Um, but sometimes it it really ha- it really works. Like, I think it's got its place. Yeah, yeah, something I'm tr- I'm interested in. Obviously. Um, this is the podcast you guys have got. We, we can obviously see each other right now on the um, the, the computer screen. But like how, uh, what's the difference being like you guys have recently started doing stuff and putting it on Spotify and I've only just started using Spotify perhaps in the past six months. Um, but what, how, in terms of um, podcast producers, how are you, how do you feel like, um, the, the change you know it's, it's going in in this sort of like perpetual direction i hope you're going to keep on doing this for a long 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 time um but how are you finding the shift from different platforms that you put it on and, and continuing to do what you had envisaged for the podcast was that a question i don't know <laughs> um i don't know like it feels like um it's almost a necessity to have it on spotify right yeah yeah it, like it, like most it, things now yeah it kind of it's right. Pete and I were talking about this a while. Uh, well, we talked about it a couple of times. Like, when we had our when we were doing radio on K2K, right? Friends of ours who 
didn't had never heard of K2K Radio. As soon as we told them, they were, oh, we're going to be on K2K Radio. Uh, oh my god! And they so listened. Cool, guys. Yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, that's and cool. They right. Yeah, it's that it's that element of endorsement. Yeah, it's a stamp of approval. It's 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 proof that you're not just just you know tr- chances. You're not just so, recording it on like a TDK cassette in your yeah. bedroom. You know, <laughs> which. To be honest, I mean, it wasn't much further than that. Shout out to K. It was a wonderful place. Um, but yeah, having your, like, knowing that there are certain expectations, like, to get some level of approval, like, Spotify is a good benchmark. It's, you know, it's it's not great for artists, but it's good for wide distribution. So that is kind of good for artists. In terms of podcasts, like, but, uh, well, it's not even a good podcast platform it doesn't do what podcast is supposed to do which is download the next episode automatically so it doesn't use your data you know on that basis that's it's our sponsorship actually... deal gone <laughs> well, had it in the that... bag there mate had it <laughs> absolutely in the bag i could smell that money it's fine if you're listening on Spotify. I don't have a problem with it, but it doesn't. It, it you know, it, I'm just saying, in regards to what a podcast was originally developed to do, it doesn't do it. But it does let you listen. Which, so thanks, um, and thanks to Spotify for. Um, Spotify. Yeah. Although I don't think no, we don't make anything off of the podcast. But you should listen to our music on Spotify because we might make fifty quid in ten years. So that'd be good. Yeah. I don't know, but I think. Maybe your question was that how we... I don't think we have adapted and we're still doing the same old shit. Right? No, I think I... You know, we I, it, we both miss going to a studio of no matter what standard the studio was, having a space that was dedicated to it where we could share a beer. You know, our, our interaction and banter, if you will, is better in real life. Uh, you know that because you've been in the K2K studio with us. The three of us have done shows in there. You know, I, I, we both miss that. But to be honest, that's something we've had to miss for what four, nearly four years anyway, because yeah. we don't live in London anymore. I, well, well, I five don't. years, I think. And also, um, you get to that point where it's like, well, do it or stop wanting to do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so find a way it, to do it. Right. And that's that's where i mean we talked about spotify before and we started this series of podcasting just towards the end of last year we had a bit of a rocky start but we did a few and actually the first two we did in we were to we were actually together down here in eastbourne so um just to get the ball rolling um but in regards to i miss being able to play the music that we used to on k2k but equally when we were on k2k i spent hours and martin spent hours a week finding new music and in some cases if i'm entirely honest we were trying to like it so that we could play new things and not seem like we were stuck listening to old stuff which we're not because we do listen to, to new stuff but always trying to find something to say about something new was really hard work and it was draining yeah. after after what to find three that years? pearl you have to really shift through a you lot know, of and you got crap. to points where you were saying stuff was brilliant when actually it was good but it wasn't brilliant but you had you know it was it was hard and in regards to that i think this format works much better for us provided people are happy to hear us just bang on about a load of old <laughs> crap <laughs> and that's why it's so important to have guests on because it focuses everything so that we're not just banging on about old crap or taking the piss out of whatever the baby's been up to recently and apparently, uh, just, <laughs> just to update you on the baby, uh, he had a fight with another rapper a year ago and knocked him out. And this other rapper now wants to knock him out. 
Oh, Sorry. he's picked a really convenient time to try and knock him out, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who I really want to knock out right now? Yeah, someone I'm not allowed to see <laughs> yeah. or touch. If but I was yeah, allowed anyway, to that, see that, you, that, I, you I think you know. I think you just got to adapt, haven't you? And I think it's and it's easier for us in this context in that you know we can we can still make tunes and put tunes out despite we've been doing that vir- you know a lot of that virtually for years anyway. Podcasting we can do remotely. Um, you know, we're only ever stuck with the same issue, which is we are happy with the quality of the things that we make, but it's getting a wider audience. And we, we you know, we're at a point at this point where it's like, well, if they find us, that's great. And if they don't find us, we'll still do it because we enjoy what we're doing. And I think that's kind of it seems to be a similar kind of vibe to holding court. You've got your core audience and. And, and it does mean that every now and again, someone, will, I guess, will bring a mate who might not have been before and, you know, builds that brand nice and slowly. But it's you've got that core level of key people involved. And that's all you can ask for. I think I think it was very easy over the last 10 years to see people suddenly shoot to catastrophic like levels of success through the Internet and think, why aren't we doing that? And how have we not managed to do that? But, you know, all these years later, I'm, we're, you know, we're still doing it. A lot of those people who did get catapulted to, to success, they're not. So, who's the real winner? Oh, Coopsy over here. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we round up, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and also the listeners, they're real winners too. Yeah. And obviously the Holding Court crew and uh, Holding Court. Over there. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. And, Thank and you very much. Hello to all the listeners who have tuned in. Through, from the holding court um, kind of side and uh, you know keep checking out what Prashikta and man are doing because you know these are real conversations with a couple of real people and uh, you don't always get that on other podcasts so it's important uh, no I do put my foot in it a lot so <laughs> <laughs> and so like to round up if you're going to gigs save up an extra 20 pounds you can drop behind the bar <laughs> yeah right. you don't even need to drink them just no. put the give them, give the them to other people in the crowd. Make some friends. You know, friends. just don't lick them first because of coronavirus and that. <laughs> well, I don't know why you would lick it. That's gross. Anyway, money licker. Wear some uh, gloves or something. Wear some gloves. Um, Luke, you're going to get a beer deal. You're also going to do some kind of sponsorship or kind of tie-in promotion with hotels. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Get on the get Lenny Henry on the blower. Um, yeah, because he, he's a regular, actually. He's a regular listener to our show. So. Oh, no, I was thinking more about his kind of Premier Inn endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you've enjoyed the show, um, let us know. Subscribe, tell a friend. Check Fans out the next to the end. Um, uh, Slept On Classic, which is... Um, it, I Pacagnique isn't it yeah it's, no no we've done ip technique no we've already done that by the time this comes out we the next one will be the anti-com focus we're doing no it won't it'll be as cool as oh will it I yeah so. well yeah we're not sure but it'll we're be great sure. check it out <laughs> and also um, check out gold dust radio is it gold dust radio leak it is yeah you can find it just gold dust radio stick it in the gigs and uh, you'll find it on there and awesome. holding court with this holding without a g it's an apostrophe isn't it yeah, yeah, I need 
Don't don't ask me to spell it because one time I spoke to Jonathan Ross's brother on uh, Reading, popular Reading BBC Berkshire, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was trying to, I got this little uh, one minute um, segment where I had to uh, promote our event that was happening that weekend, which happened to be a film screening. And um, I was trying to explain how you went and got tickets. And uh, you know when your mind just goes blank when someone asks you to spell something? <laughs> Um, yeah, that yes. kind of happens. So yeah, yeah, H O L. Yeah, and that's as far as I got. But just lose the G in holding court, and you'll find us. Coops, do you want to um, tail off the show by spelling holding court? Um, yeah, well, I'm good at spelling for tipto man. <laughs> uh, you're talking to the king of. I mean, we we really chose a, an interesting word for our brand um, when it comes to spelling. But holding court is H O L D I N apostrophe space C O U R T. Um, Google that and you will find out. Big up. Blah, blah. <laughs> All right. Luke, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. This is a Protector Man podcast. Everyone take care. Yes. Yeah. Peace. Peace out. Peace.